What's up? I'm Cole Lynchide. Welcome to Nonstop BS. Today on the first episode, we're going to be going over the, a Super Bowl recap of Super Bowl 57 between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. We're going to be going over Derek Carr getting released from the Raiders, the NBA trade deadline, NBA All-Star break, and the Daytona 500. So keep it here for all the action, sports, and bets coming your way. Are you sick and tired of listening to the legacy media speak repetitively on the same teams, topics, ideas, themes, and players every day? Nonstop BS is a podcast that will give you topics and thoughts about the NFL, NBA, college sports, NASCAR, and others with a deeper vision into why things happen the way they do around the world of sports. There are so many lazy takes from all your favorite media personalities that frustrate you and me every day when we turn on our television or our phone Whether it has to do with politics and sports, promoting big brands, and ridding topics of context just to sway the listener's opinion. Nonstop BS will dig deep into the why things happen in our favorite sports leagues, creating interesting conversation along with making me and you a smarter, more insightful, broad-thinking sports fan. Not to mention, I will give you betting picks from multiple leagues using our new way of thinking about the world of sports and having a little bit of fun with it, along with maybe putting some money in our wallets. So if this sounds like something you have been craving when when tirelessly listening to people shout at you from all your favorite sporting outlets, then make sure you tune in with me, Cole Lynchide, and take the journey on these of these fantastic seasons we are gifted to enjoy for entertainment on nonstop BS. I can't wait. What's up? Welcome in. I'm Cole Lynchide. This is Nonstop BS, a podcast delivering nonstop sports and nonstop nonstop bets. Welcome to the first episode. Um, obviously, today we're going to be going over the NFL, the NBA. Um, obviously, the Super Bowl was last weekend on Sunday um, between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs winning 38-35 to in what I thought was maybe the best Super Bowl that I've seen in the last 10 years. Definitely up there. I mean, definitely the best Super Bowl I've seen in the last five years since the Eagles played uh, the Patriots in their last Super Bowl. But we're going to be getting into that. We're going to be, like I said, the NBA trade deadline um, just happened. Some big moves with Kevin Durant obviously moving to the Suns, uh, traded from the Nets to the Suns. Kyrie also moved, um, was traded from the Nets to the Dallas Mavericks. I'm sure everybody knows that by now, but we're going to be talking about the impact on the future Futures markets um, by those two trades, obviously the biggest trades at the trade deadline. We're going to be going over the NBA All-Star break coming up here on Friday uh, with the Rising Stars contest that um, kicks off the weekend. I'm going to tell you, talk to you guys about my favorite, um, my favorite things to bet on in the NBA All-Star break. And then I'm also going to dig deep into the Daytona 500. Um, NASCAR is a growing sport in, in um, the world th- this time of year. Um, and I feel like it's, it, it's become a lot more entertaining than it once was. So I'm definitely going to be ta- talking about a lot of NASCAR. Hopefully you guys, uh, like racing, or maybe you'll find your way along, along the way of listening to nonstop BS and engaging with the podcast. So to start off here today, we're going to kick it off with a Super Bowl recap. 
Um, like I said, the Kansas City Chiefs come away with a win, 38-35, over the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, it was a fantastic game. Patrick Mahomes um, come obviously ended up with the Super Bowl MVP, um, was injured in the late part of the second quarter, never actually missed any playing time, but was, was injured and um, something that a lot of people were very concerned about going into the game, um, but still came away, uh, came back in the second half. I mean, miraculous, miraculous. I mean, we're, we're gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna dig deeper into Patrick Mahomes as we keep talking here. Um, but just Patrick Mahomes, 21 of 27, 182 yards, three touchdowns, six carries, 44 yards. Um, and then on the other side of the ball, Jalen Hurts played probably one of the best, the best games I've ever seen a quarterback play in a losing effort, especially, um, in a Super Bowl performance. I mean, Tom Brady's against the Eagles was uh, probably <laughs> the only comparable, um, losing effort that I've seen a quarterback play. Um, and Lou, especially in the Super Bowl. I mean, there's there's been others obviously throughout the the history of the National Football League. You think back to Josh Allen last year against the Kansas State Chiefs, and I'm sure there's way more going farther back. But um, regardless, Jalen Hurts, 27 of 38, 304 yards, a touchdown, 15 carries for 70 yards, and three rushing touchdowns. And honestly, those stats don't even begin to explain what he did for that team in certain moments um, when they got down seven late in the game and just willing himself into the end zone and in for the two-point conversion to tie it when they were down eight. Um, Just a fantastic performance all around. You had a great defensive performance in moments for the Kansas City Chiefs. Nick Bolton with a massive fumble, forced fumble, then recovery, returned for a touchdown, almost had another, um, but, but it was... Turned out to be overturned. Very close call. A lot of really close calls in this game. Um, And actually, that, I think, is where I'm going to start. Referees in the NFL this year. Consistency with NFL referees is, is a real issue in the NFL at this point. Nobody has any good answers for it. Aside from from all throughout the NFL this year, the inconsistency with certain calls in certain games, stuff that we've been super annoyed with. I'm sure every fan base at moments this year pretty much has been affected by it in one way or another. But in the playoffs, especially in these huge moments, it's getting to be absolutely ridiculous and something that the NFL needs to address. You know, thinking back last weekend, the Eagles 49ers game, the Devonta Smith catch, how that's not caught, how that's not, how that play's not stopped. Um, and, and, and reviewed and, and the Eagles are allowed to get a playoff before anybody even thinks to review the play. Ridiculous. Kansas State Chiefs against the Bengals in the AFC championship. Replaying third down because of a missed stoppage by a referee 40 yards downfield, waving his arms and nobody can hear him. The play obviously continues. The the Chiefs do not convert on, on third down, and they redo the play. A massive play at the end of the game for the Kansas State Chiefs and for, and for the Bengals, obviously. And just because the refs can't get it right, it affects the game. The Super Bowl. I don't know what people are watching who think that that was defensive holding. I, I get his arm touched his back. I get that his arm, even in the beginning, was wrapped around him a little bit. But did you see the jersey move at all? Did you see the? Did you see Juju Smith-Schuster affected by the arm at all? 
Do we know what holding is? Did you see the plays early on in the game that were not called for defensive holding? It, it, it's one thing if they had been throwing hold, defensive holding calls all game long, right? The, there was not one defensive holding call called in that game until there was a minute, just over a minute left in the fourth quarter on third down in the biggest play of the game. And that's when the, the penalty flag is thrown. It's ridiculous. It needs to be it it needs to be reviewed. There needs to be a solution. Nobody has any great solution that I've heard yet. And I don't either. I'm not saying that I do. But these calls cannot the, the inconsistent calls cannot be affecting the ends of these games in major games. You know, you you have you have so many different things on the line, especially with sports betting being so massive as it is now. I mean, there's no good solution, and I'm craving for a solution. I want the NFL to spend time on it. I want, um, I I don't want fans to let up on this because I feel like it's something that's forgot about as this offseason goes on, and it can't keep happening. Moving on to Patrick Mahomes, I don't know what else to say about this guy. I mean, I know this is my first episode with you guys, um, but you're soon going to find out that I think Patrick Mahomes is the most talented quarterback, most talented football player that I've ever seen play. Has Pat has Patrick Mahomes created the next dynasty in the NFL right before our eyes? I mean, that's the major question. Is this more impressive than Tom Brady at the beginning of his career? Is he really having the best start to a career that a quarterback has ever had? I have their their stats here, so... Regular season record for Tom Brady in his first six seasons, 64 and 16, or I'm sorry, for Patrick Mahomes, 64 and 16. Tom Brady, 58 and 20. Playoff record, Patrick Mahomes, 11 and 3. Uh, Tom Brady, 10 and 1. AFC Championship appearances, five for Patrick Mahomes, three for Tom Brady. Three Super Bowl appearances apiece, and two wins for Mahomes, three for Tom Brady. But they're obviously super close, super comparable. Patrick Mahomes with a slightly better overall winning percentage. But the real impressive thing for Patrick Mahomes to me is the fact that he's doing it in a totally different AFC and especially AFC um, West, his own division, than Tom Brady ever did. Tom Brady, first six years in the league. He he his first his first year that he started the AFC East was a very good division. After that, the Dolphins and Jets kind of began to implode. The Bills were a respectable eight and eight, nine and seven team for most years with Drew Bledsoe at quarterback. The Jets and Dolphins searching for a quarterback. Tom Brady really never had any other juggernaut or any other even perennial really good team in the beginning of his career besides the Indianapolis Colts with Peyton Manning. There were other good teams, obviously. The AFC was not what it is now, and that is what is so impressive about Patrick Mahomes. Everyone this year thought that the Chiefs were going to be very contested, if nothing if nothing else, on their way to the, back to the Super Bowl if they would make it. You had Joe Burrow, um, obviously, with the Bengals beating them last year, beating them in the regular season, then beating them in the playoffs. Then, again, this year in the regular season, the Bengals beat the Chiefs again, and and everybody, I mean, the Bengals were favorites, and obviously it was impacted by Patrick Mahomes' injury, 
But the Bengals' favorites going into that game, I mean, so many people, so many people, I'm, I heard all week long that the Bengals were going to win that game. All your favorite people you listen to on ESP, on all the different sport outlets, um, podcasts, anywhere you listen to, a lot of them like the Bengals. You had the Bills. They were fa- bet the betting favorite all year long in the AFC. Haven't beat the Chiefs in the playoffs yet. Josh Allen still yet to make an AFC Championship game. How are we still disrespecting and not understanding what Patrick Mahomes is doing right now? I it it I feel like after this win, people are starting to finally understand how great this kid actually is. Patrick Mahomes is unbelievable, and what he means to the NFL at this point in his career is the next great quarterback, the next face of the NFL. Even when there are so many great quarterbacks, so many good young talented players in the NFL, Patrick Mahomes stands alone at the top, and that's without without contention. Moving on, Derek Carr released from the Raiders today. The Raiders end up saving just over $29 million against the cap. But this goes back to the colossal failure of the Raiders' 2022 season and the fact that they went all in this year trying to bring in different pieces. Devontae Adams, they bring in um, um, j- just a bunch of different people on defense um, that I could dig into. But we all know how much the Raiders invested in this team, how much Josh Daniels invested into this team. Um just to finish short of the playoffs 7 and 10 and just an unbelievable failure and yet again it gets blamed on a quarterback that you can win with Derek Carr can be won with I know his career through his career he has not been the most winningest quarterback um is a losing record he's had to deal with a lot Counting his rookie year, two different head coaches between Tony Sperano and Dennis Allen. Dennis Allen, Tony Sperano taking over for Dennis Allen. Then Jack Del Rio, Jay Gruden, the chaos with that. Last year, Rich Bisaccia, the team builds around him. They decide to let him go and bring in Josh McDaniels. And then Josh McDaniels completely overhauling the team, putting all the pressure in the world on him and having a terrible year as a play caller. And yet Derek Carr is going to take the whole blame for this season and everything that happened for the Raiders, and they let him go. And I don't think it's going to work out for the Raiders. I think that it's going to be a complete failure and another situation where Josh McDaniels blows a team up that was on the verge of becoming a very good team in the NFL. They were on the verge of finally getting it right. And Josh McDaniels comes in and decides, nope, this isn't good enough. We're going to go in another direction. Derek Carr wasn't on a ridiculous contract. It was easy to get out of. I get that. They save a lot of money. They can draft a young quarterback, maybe. We'll see. They're not in the best position in the draft to do that. But to me, it goes back to the philosophy of teams trying to find the next Patrick Mahomes, to find the next Josh Allen, to find the next great quarterback, and not realizing 
that it's hard to find Derek Carrs too. It's hard to find Dak Prescotts. It's hard to find Kirk Cousins. It's hard to find a lot of these, what people call as average quarterbacks. Um, I mean these these are these are quarterbacks that can win. Matthew Stafford proved that last year, in the right system with the right pieces around around them, and investing and going all in into a roster around those players. You can win with them, and not investing in them and just continually hoping to draft the next replacement that and and draft the next Josh Allen, the dra- draft the next generational quarterback. It's gonna put you. It's gonna put you in a direction to where. It's it's gonna it's gonna lead you into a direction to where you have a better chance of being the New York Jets over the last two decades than it, than you are being the Kansas State Chiefs and hitting the lottery, the Chicago Bears, the Washington the Washington uh, the Washington Commanders. You know, all these teams have been trying for years to find that player and they can't. You know why? Because it's not easy. It's not as easy as everyone makes it sound. It's not as easy as the Green Bay Packers have made it look. You know, look at the Tennessee Titans. It's another situation. The Houston, I mean, I mean, just there's there's countless the, the Indianapolis Colts ever since Andrew Luck retired. Investing into these quarterbacks that not everybody falls in love with immediately or, or thinks is, is the best player on earth that can win you a Super Bowl if you do it right. All right, I'm gonna take a quick break. I'll be right back, and we'll go. We'll start with the NBA trade deadline and the impact on the futures market here on Nonstop BS. All right, welcome back. Kevin Durant traded to the Phoenix Suns, uh, and Kyrie Irving traded to the Dallas Mavericks. We're going to start off with going over the betting impact on futures markets. I love betting futures. Futures are probably my favorite bets to make. I uh, had a really successful year in the NFL this year, and um, I'm, I have a lot of bets already made for the NBA this season. Um, starting to kind of build my my profiles for the MLB, for NASCAR, um, for the Cup Series, for the Xfinity Series, um, and even honestly started looking at the NFL, um, the Super Bowl odds and the MVP odds, which we'll get into later on in a different episode. But I'm going to start off, like I said here with going over the impact of these trades that were made on the NBA futures markets and giving you guys my favorite bets and my favorite, um, my favorite, my, my, my best thoughts, at least based on these, um, these moves. So starting off with Kevin Durant or starting off, honestly, with the odds for the NBA championship, uh, the Phoenix Suns were 21 to one at most books, somewhere around 20 to one, um, before, uh, they ended up trading for Kevin Durant. Now, the odds sit Boston Celtics uh, around 300. Looking at the book that I'm looking at right now, Boston Celtics three plus 300. Uh, Phoenix Suns four to one. Bucks 450. Uh, Nuggets 750. Uh, 76ers 12 to one. Clippers 12 to one. The Mavericks 14 to one. The Warriors 16 to one. The Grizzlies 18 to one. The Cavaliers 20 to one. And then long shots. Okay. So the Mavericks also, their price was not, it didn't change nearly as much. Um, I believe they were around 20 to 1. I know I saw them around 20 to 1 before the trade was made. Um, but they were they were always floating, you know, with the Luka injuries and, and stuff that was going on with the Mavericks. They were floating between 25 and 20 to 1. Um, and now they sit around 15 to 1, 14 to 1, like I said, at this book. Uh, looking at another one right now, they're at 17 to 1. So somewhere around 15 to 1 now in most books. 
I definitely am not betting on the Mavericks right now. Um, Kyrie coming to the Mavericks is a, a fantastic addition for them. It makes their ceiling a lot higher. It gives them a lot more um, offense, obviously, that they needed outside of Luka, and especially on nights where Luka's not able to go or when on nights where Kyrie's not able to go or doesn't go. Um, they have a, another, um, obviously, point to lead the offense. Um, but the Suns at 450 is interesting. They opened at 500 immediately at a book that I look at and I use a lot uh, right when he was traded. But at, at other books, he went to 450 and 400. Now he mostly sets it either. They Now the Suns mostly set it either 450 or 400. I still like their odds a lot. I think they are right now my favorite team. If you're going to place a bet right now on, the, on who's going to win the NBA Finals, to me it's got to be, yeah, it's got to be the Phoenix Suns. Um... I just think they have the highest ceiling of any team in the NBA, and that includes the Boston Celtics right now. And I get that the Celtics have consistency. They were there last year. They've been fantastic this year. They've they've really um, stayed out of any major injuries. They have an unbelievable amount of depth. But when you add Kevin Durant to what this Suns team is already and the limited amount of players they had to give up, the trade... They, they gave up some key pieces, yes, uh, for depth in, in Cameron Johnson and Michael, Mikael Bridges and Jay, Jay Crowder, obviously. Uh, but honestly, but obviously, Jay Crowder didn't even play this year, so that, that wasn't even a, a piece for the Suns in all reality. Um, but yeah, Mikael Bridges, I mean, those are some important pieces, and Cameron Johnson, for sure, has played fantastic this year. But when you had Kevin Durant to Devin Booker, a core of Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and DeAndre Ayton... I mean, I just feel like the ceiling for that team is almost to the point, not to the point of where the Warriors teams with Kevin Durant is, but almost to that point. I mean, I don't think there's been a team that has that has had an, that much talent on it besides possibly possibly the, the possibly the the late 2000 Heat teams with with LeBron James, but besides that, I mean, I don't know. There's not very many teams, okay? And, and and at 450 right now, I just think that that is um, a fantastic bet for the Suns. If I was going to go anywhere else, any, well, if I was going to go anywhere in the Eastern Conference, I would probably just place a, a bet on the Eastern Conference. Right now, the Celtics are 115 um, plus 115. The Bucks are 200 at the book I'm looking at. The Sixers are plus 550. The Cavs 10 to one. Heat 16 to one. And then obviously the longer shots. I mean, my favorite bet there is definitely the 76ers. The 76ers have a lot, they have a lot more similar of a team to the Celtics and Bucks than a lot of people are talking about. And especially when you're talking about price and the and the fact that they're, I mean, I, I feel like fair price for them right now. And what I have it at on my, um, on my model is, is about four, four, about plus 400, 450, um, you know, give or take. So if I was going to make a bet in the Eastern Conference, it would probably be that. And I don't really like any of their odds when you factor in these trades that the, from from conference to conference. I don't really like any of them in the futures market. So obviously for this week, we are going to go with the Suns at plus 500, which or pl- the Suns at plus 450, I'm sorry, which you can find them at some book at plus 450. I don't believe I see a 500 anymore anywhere on any of my books. Oh, Actually, you know what? There is one right here. So plus 500, 450, whatever you can get it at. Um, that's definitely the best bet after these trades. And I'm def- and I'm for sure steering clear of the Mavericks. Um, 
you know, divisional odds. There's not a lot really that I I like. There's a lot of price changes from these trades, but nothing that I feel like is wrong. Nothing that I feel like is is something that's worth making a bet. The Suns went to between 160 minus 165, minus 170 at most books to win the Pacific Division. Clippers at plus 375 the book I'm looking at. Uh Kings at 4 to 1. The Warriors at 10 to 1, the Lakers at 80 to 1. Um I mean the Warriors are going to be the interesting the interesting team to watch honestly. If you're going to make a bet in this division at 10 to 1 and I'm not doing it until Stephen or I'm I'm not doing it until Curry is back from this injury. Right now the rumors are that he's not going to be ready to go after the All-Star break. Um but his went his, his what he said to the media the other day um, when they asked him about his injury and when he was expecting to be back was he was unsure but did not think he'd be back um, um, immediately after the All-Star break. So I'm definitely going to wait on the, the Warriors before I make any bets or before I look at them in any of these markets because uh, I need to know if they're going to be, especially for the division, I mean, for them to win – in the regular season, they need Curry. They've struggled enough even with Curry this year, honestly. Um, and, and, yeah, so nothing really in the divisional odds, but in the division, the divisional um, markets. But, um, yeah, Suns, Suns plus 450, 500. I like both of those. Okay, moving on to the NBA All-Star break. My absolute favorite thing to bet on in the all-star break i'm not a big all-star break fan for like betting on props for the the all-star game or betting on um you know the all the different a lot of the different events that they have the dunk contest there's not really anything massive to bet on and nothing no nothing super fun but the one thing that i really do enjoy is the three-point contest um eight people taking part in the all uh, three-point contest this year, Buddy Heald, and I'm going to give you their odds here too. Uh, I have the market open. Buddy Heald at plus 450, Damian Lillard 550, uh, Anthony Simmons 575, Jason Tatum 600, Larry Markkinen 600, Kevin Herter 700, Tyler Hero 750, and Tyrese Halliburton at 800. If I'm going to make a bet into this market right now, which I'm probably going to wait, honestly. I'm going to wait until before the contest, but it doesn't really matter. I mean, it's just, you're not, the prices aren't going to change most likely um, with information or anything before the three-point contest, at least from historically. There's nothing that really could change too much, obviously. We got three days left in the in the, the season before the break. But if I'm going to make a bet into this market, it's going to be either Buddy Heald, the favorite, um, at 450, because he's been just shooting lights out this year. Um, and I know that doesn't always lean into the um, three-point contest, but but Buddy Heald's been fantastic this year. And with all the injuries and different things affecting a lot of these other players, uh, I feel like it also, to a guy like Buddy Heald, who's on um, a team that is starting to sink right now, it, it, the, this would be a lot more important, I feel like, to a player like Buddy Heald. But not telling you to bet him because I definitely would lean more toward the the the, the dogs in in the in a market like this, and I do like Kevin Herter and I like Tyler Hero both at seven seven fifty. Um, both these guys I feel like would love to win this tournament, and I mean everybody would, but it means a lot more. Like I'm talking, like I said, 
I want to bet on the guys that this means a lot more to, or who you'd think it'd mean a lot more to. And also, obviously, great shooters, but all these guys have shot over over 350 from three this year. Um, Buddy Heald has the best percentage this year as I pull these stats up. Um, yeah, Buddy Heald is shooting four, 423, uh, Markinen 412, uh, Halliburton 398, Herter 390, Simmons 381, Lillard 375, Hero 369, and then Jason Tatum at 353. Um, but, you know, when you look at the top of that, at the top shooting percentages there, you got Hal Burton and you got Buddy Heald, and and then you also have uh, Kevin Herter at four, in fourth. And, you know, the, a lot of the money that's going to be sunk into these markets is just going to be people who are honestly bored. I mean, there's no NBA going on. The NFL season just got over. Um, a lot of the money is going to go into their favorite player that they want to root for in this. And I feel like that will give you an edge by betting on the underdogs. So I'm going to make my official play on the three-point contest, at least as far as today goes. When, uh, I have my right to change. You can follow me on Twitter. I'll let you guys know if I'm going to bet something else, if I am going to bet Buddy Heald. But right now, my favorite bet for this market, I'm going to go with Tyler Hero, plus seven, 750. Okay, moving on to our last topic, the Daytona 500 this weekend. NASCAR season kicks off, um, the great American race. I can't wait. It is definitely a good recovery for uh, after the Super Bowl and the NFL season's over. Um, you know, didn't let you guys know this at the beginning of the episode, but my favorite sport by far and the one that I'm going to be the most knowledgeable and the best, because I'm, I'm going to be as transparent as possible throughout the, this podcast, the one that I am the most involved in, the most knowledgeable about, have been following the longest, is the NFL. But NASCAR is definitely second. And the Cup Series, obviously, specifically. But um, NASCAR is my second passion, my second baby. I love the NBA as well. I like the MLB. Um, I like college sports a lot. And we'll talk about all those topics you know, as, as storylines come up and as, as there become more topics to talk about. But... Um, but NF, the NFL and NASCAR are my two sports and my two, um, sports that I will dig into the deepest on the podcast. So obviously that's just me kind of <laughs> giving you a little bit of information on me and, uh, and hopefully if, <laughs> hopefully if you're listening to this podcast, you also like NASCAR or maybe if you don't, you'll, um, start to watch this year. Obviously it's a great time. NASCAR times it fantastically. I know most people are, uh, they're, their number one sport is the NFL, and if you're not into the NBA, NASCAR is another fantastic outlet, of another fantastic um, um, form of entertainment. I mean, we'll we'll get into it deeper as as the year goes on. But gonna start gonna start off with my favorite bets here on the Daytona 500. As I pull up the odds, last year's winner was Austin Sindrick in the number two Team Penske car. Um, Bubba Wallace finished second, Chase Briscoe finished third, Ryan Blaney finished fourth. Okay, so if you guys don't watch NASCAR very much, Daytona is what is called a restrictor plate race. Um, in these races, you're going to see a lot of the cars that are more bunched up the whole race. There's a lot of drafting and a lot of, um, a lot of different strategy that goes into restrictor plate races as, as opposed to different tracks and, and the majority of tracks on the schedule. So it's honestly one of the most fun yet also most frustrating races to bet on. Uh, and just to give you guys a little bit of a, a 
a pathway into understanding what I'm talking about. Austin Sindrick was a rookie last year. Um, Bubba Wallace is someone who won his first cup race uh, last year. Chase Briscoe, uh, a young driver. Ryan Blaney uh, did not have a win last year. Was a fan- had a fantastic year, but did not get a win last year. But to give you just an example also, their odds coming into the Daytona 500 this year, Ryan Blaney comes in third uh, for the third shortest odds, but Bubba Wallace has the seventh shortest odds. Last year's winner, Austin Sindrick, has the... 11th shortest odds and Chase Briscoe is a massive long shot at 34 to 1 uh somewhere around the 20th 21st uh shortest odds so uh you, you know that doesn't always obviously mean that that it has a lot of volatility in the market but in this race it definitely does and anybody who watches NASCAR knows that so um the odds for the Daytona 500 Denny Hamlin 12 to 1 Chase Elliott 13 to 1 uh, Blaney thirteen to one, uh, Logano and Kyle Larson both fourteen to one, Kyle Busch fifteen to one, Bubba Wallace, William Byron, Ross Chastain, um, sixteen to eighteen to one, depending on the book. Uh, and I, I, like I said, I've been reading off of my the one book that I bet on the mo- that I bet with the most. I I bet with multiple books, um, and I try to find the shortest or the best odds, <laughs> not the shortest odds, the best odds at whatever book I can for all these markets. But I'm just gonna read off one book to make it simpler. Uh, Kozlowski twenty to one, Cindric twenty two, Reddick twenty two, Christopher Bell and Kevin Har- Christopher Bell, Kevin Harvick, Martin Truex Jr. all twenty five to one, Bowman and Austin Dillon twenty nine to one, Eric Jones thirty to one, and then there's multiple other long shots. Um, the dual races are coming up on Thursday and Friday. Um, so for qualifying for these tracks, you know, a lot of information that you're going to get on NASCAR is going to be through practice and qualifying. That's going to be where you where the odds shorten throughout the week. It's going to be whenever practice and qualifying are. Typically, practices, if a race is on Sunday, practice will be on Friday, could be on Saturday. Qualifying will be on Saturday. Um, that'll change, obviously, depending on track. Sometimes there's Saturday night races, stuff gets pushed back. But overall, you're going to definitely want to be paying attention within two days before the race starts on practice times, how the cars are running, if there was any sort of um, malfunction or any sort of issue in practice, if they had to replace the car at any point, um, those are going to be the edges that you get as a better and, and finding, um, the best odds that you can throughout the weekend before the race. So sitting here on Tuesday, um, and, oh, and also for the Daytona 500, it's not a typical, just they practice, they qualify, they race. Um, in the, in these, in, in the Daytona, for the Daytona 500, they have what they call dual races. And in the dual races, there's going to be smaller groups of, of drivers racing, and that's going to determine their qualifying position. So they'll qualify for the dual race. Then the drivers that make it will run in two different groups of the dual race, and that will determine how they line up for the race. Um, so you're definitely going to want to pay attention to qualifying. If you're going to go for any of the long shots, um, and even, you know, some of the other mid-tier drivers, you're going to want to make sure that they actually qualify for the race because there's a lot of people that try to qualify and try to run the Daytona 500 that won't be full-time drivers throughout the whole season. So, um, for, like I said, sitting here on Tuesday before any of this has happened, um, my favorite bet right now for the Daytona 500 is Christopher Bell 25 to 1. Christopher Bell had a fantastic year last year. Um, he was super clutch, uh, in the NASCAR playoffs. He won, he got himself, he locked himself into the next round of the playoffs three straight times until the championship 
the last race of the season, and he ended up finishing fourth on the year, but had a fantastic year. A young driver entering his fourth season full-time in NASCAR in the Cup Series this year, um, and somebody that I'm going to be backing a lot this year. Uh, he struggled on restrictor plate, plate tracks throughout his career, but he has fantastic equipment, a fantastic team, um, you know, being a part of Joe Gibbs Racing, and they're going to be investing everything they can into this kid because he's shown nothing but potential as the year goes on. 25-1, to 1, ridiculously long odds. Uh, I feel like these the odds for him are going to shorten as the week goes on. He's going to probably qualify well. He usually does. He's going to probably run well in the duels. Um, and 25 to 1 is just, it's, it, the, the odds for him are most likely going to shorten. Alex Bowman, 29 to 1, also pretty good odds for him. He's ran well in restrictor plate races. Um, and he's another young driver who's, who's had some really good finishes, had a really good year a couple, uh, two years back. Um, and, and last year struggled at times, but also ran really good in other races. Uh, 29 to 1, if you're going to, if you're going to bet anybody right now, it's going to be these long shots, especially in the Daytona 500, where there's so much shifting throughout the field, so many drivers. That's why the favorite is 12 to 1. Denny Hamlin's 12 to 1. Most races, the favorite's going to be somewhere between 6 and 7 to 1. Okay, sometimes 8 to 9. Um, but not 12 to 1. And only at these type of tracks is it going to be a 12, 13 to 1 as a favorite. So, right now, before the duels, before practices, next episode will obviously be after qualifying. So I'll have a little more information after some of the duels as well um, when I come to you on Saturday morning um, this week. But at, at that point, I may have a different bet for you guys. But right now, I'm going to go with one bet, and all it is is Christopher Bell to win the Daytona 500 at 25-1. to 1. Um, I'm going to check my other books right now to make sure that you can't get a better price on Christopher Bell anywhere right now. Most books have the Daytona 500 open, but... Oh, he's twenty-eight to one at one book. So if you can find him for sh- for longer, that's fantastic. Um, but yeah, it looks like twenty-eight to one is the longest that I can find in Illinois. So uh, unless you have a different book with better odds, there's another twenty-eight to one. So twenty-eight to one is the bet uh, with Christopher Bell as I'm going over this with you guys for the Daytona Five Hundred. Super excited about the race. Make sure you guys watch. Um, Super excited about a lot of these young drivers in NASCAR this year, too. A lot of guys who are fantastic in the Xfinity series uh, last year. Noah Gregson getting a full-time uh, getting a full-time ride this year. Ty Gibbs getting a full-time ride. Um, Austin Hill is getting an appearance. Zane Smith is getting a chance to qualify. A uh, guy who did really good in the truck series last year. Um, a lot of really exciting young drivers in NASCAR right now. And, uh, you know, Ryan Priest, another one who got a full-time ride this year. Uh, and the number 41 car with Stuart Haas. Um, yeah, I'm, I, NASCAR has a lot of really young, really exciting, intriguing NASCAR, intriguing drivers uh, to watch as the year goes on. So I'll go over more of these prices on Saturday when I come back with the next episode. Um, but yeah, super excited for the Daytona 500. Okay, first episode, a little rusty, a little, little getting used to it, but I appreciate you guys for bearing with me, those who did. Um, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast if you enjoyed it. Give me feedback on Twitter. Um, my Twitter handle is at Lynchide Cole, L-I-N-S-C-H-E-I-D-C-O-L-E. Uh, you can find me there. You can find the podcast Twitter at Pod on Twitter. 
Um, I'm gonna be, I post bets every single day. I post my NBA bets every single day, mostly just spreads right now. I'm gonna obviously start posting a lot more now that the podcast is up and going. But um, yeah, you can find me there. Um, give me a follow. Uh, like I said, post bets all the time. A lot of engagement. I engage with a lot of different people on Twitter. Uh, and if, if you like the podcast, I'd love to engage with you and talk about sports, uh, talk about bets, talk about whatever you guys want to talk about on there. So like I said, find me on Twitter. Um, as the podcast starts to go on, I'm going to start sharing more. I'm going to create, get my TikTok account up and going. Hopefully I'll be able to start video recording at some point and, um, maybe share some clips and stuff like that and share bets and all that kind of stuff all over different platforms. But for right now, like I said, find me on Twitter, um, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, tell a friend if you enjoyed the podcast, and I really appreciate it. Uh, next episode will be coming out. These episodes are always going to be coming out on Wednesday at, um, Wednesday morning and Saturday mornings. Okay, I record on Tuesday and Friday nights uh, later at night, and then I'm going to drop them at midnight um, on Wednesday and Saturday morning. So you'll find them in your feeds when you wake up on Wednesdays and Saturdays. Um, I find that to be the, some really good times we can kind of review. I'll be, I'll be your late week review for what happened over the weekend on Wednesdays and in, in the world of sports. And then I'll be your weekend preview that you'll get first thing Saturday morning as you're waking up, drinking your coffee, eating your breakfast, um, tune into nonstop BS for some nonstop BS. (laughs) All right. Uh, so, so anyways, regardless, next episode will be on Saturday morning. Um, and for that episode, I'm going to give you the rundown. We got NBA weekend bets, uh, for the all-star break, some more in-depth bets. We'll start to maybe preview some NFL free agency. I'll, I'll go over some stuff and see if there's anything interesting that we can start going over. NFL free agency will start in the second week of March and uh, we'll, I'll give you my final Daytona 500 bets and then other news and bets possible. Um, we'll see what's going on in the world of sports and what else I want to give you guys. Okay, thanks for listening. This has been Nonstop BS. I'm Cole Lynchide. I really appreciate it, uh, and we'll see you on Saturday. Peace out. <laughs>